0: Welcome to the Sanctus NYC Message Podcast. We are the young adult community of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, built on the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join us today as we look to God to lead us into the fullness of the life that he has for us. So I cited in the last probably month of my life, I feel like God has Turn the lights on in a certain area of my life, that it's something that it's so simple, um, but for some reason, I I feel like I've never really understood it uh, like I do now. And in beginning to walk it out, um, I've seen more just life and peace and joy fill my heart. And so I'm excited just to share with you guys a thought tonight that I feel like God put in my heart for you. Um, And so Really, the last couple sermons I've preached here with Sanctus, even right now, what we're doing with small groups, uh, everything right now pretty much comes back to, like, faith. Like, we're doing a small group on faith. Uh, The reason why is because the Bible says that you live by faith. The Bible says, there's this one crazy verse. It says, it will be to you according to your faith. And so when it's all said and done, at the end of my life, When I look back and I see however many years God gave me here on earth, what's going to define those years is how I trusted God, is how I walked in faith or I didn't. If I live by faith and if according to my faith, that's how much of God that I have, then thinking about faith, learning more about it, trying to strengthen our faith, it's like the most important thing that we could do. And so, He says, I fought the good fight of faith. Who here knows it's a fight? Who here has been getting maybe popped in the mouth a couple times over the last couple months? It's funny because I was literally, I was thinking this the other night. Has anyone ever seen in Rocky where he's like, yeah, everybody talks big until they get punched in the mouth, right? Like it's really easy to hypothetically trust God. But when trials and battles And the fight against the enemy, the fight against ourselves, the the more we begin to live, the more we begin to realize this is a fight. And in some battles, I'm losing right now. And so I want to share with you guys tonight something. And so I want to just start with one of the most interesting passages to me in Scripture. Um, Maybe you've read it before, but tonight I feel like God's going to help us to see it in a different way. So could you just pray with me really quick as we get going? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for everything you've done so far tonight. We thank you, God, that we sense your presence here with us. And we know that, Lord, you are working in our lives, that there is hope for our hearts, Lord, for whatever we're struggling with, whatever battles we're facing, even if we've been losing. We have infinite hope because of what we have in you today, Jesus. And so, God, to give, Lord, in myself, so I ask, fill me with your words, speak to each of our hearts tonight, God, and help us to walk out here encouraged, stronger in faith, God, ready to fight more than ever before. We love you so much, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So could you throw on that passage from Mark chapter 6? So I'm going to read it to you, just track along with me. It says, It says, Jesus left that part of the country. So this is in the middle of Jesus doing ministry. He is traveling all through the region, performing miracles, healing, telling people the good news of the kingdom of God that's coming. And so in the middle of his minute country, and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. So this is where he grew up from the youngest age. The next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then, okay, so just pause for a second. Jesus is literally performing miracles in front of them. stuff happen. They're amazed at his teaching, but they refuse to believe in him. Then they scoff. Okay, so next verse. Then Jesus was everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he could not do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Next. Do we not have the final verse? Does anyone know it? <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> I have it actually right here. Hold on one sec. I got it. The final verse says this. Uh, it says, so he, because of their unbelief, he could not do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. And we could just pause it there. So this is an insane passage. Here's God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, going wanting to heal and restore and save people. This is what he wants to do. But it says he was unable to do what he wanted to do except heal just a couple people. Why? Because of their unbelief. And it says he was amazed at their unbelief. So you can hear that and instantly begin to start having your mind go in some different directions. It's like, okay, so does that mean I'm more powerful than God? That means there's stuff that he wants to do that I can stop him from doing, and I'm like stronger than him or more powerful than him in certain ways? Not necessarily. What this is saying is not that their faith was more powerful than what God wanted to do or their lack of it. It was this. He wanted to give them something, but in their unbelief, they were unwilling to receive it. It's not that he couldn't do it, but we know from beginning to end, the story of the Bible, of the Gospels, is that God gives us gifts, starting with Jesus, right? And I either believe and receive it, or I don't and I'm stuck where I am. Here they are. Jesus is coming, literally saying, this is who I am. This is what I want to do in your lives. And they were offended and they said, no, we know who you really are. We want nothing to do with you. They didn't believe what he was trying, what, who he was saying he was, and they were stuck with their sickness. We know from beginning to end, that is the Christian life. It's we believe And then we receive everything God has for us. From the beginning, salvation, right? We know the gospel is this. I have disqualified myself from the love and grace and the ability to have a relationship with God. I need to be holy. And I've already blown it. And no matter, even if I had a fresh start today, I cannot be perfect. And the only standard of being able to have a relationship with God is perfection. So I was talking to some people recently, and they're like, yeah, man, I'm just trying to get closer to God. And that's a beautiful thing. But then I said, well, how do you plan on doing that? And they're like, you know, I just got to, like, I'm going to pray a little bit more. I'll probably start coming to church a little bit. And I feel like from there, you know, we'll get the ball rolling. And I said, that's amazing. But can I tell you, the Bible says that's not going to really lead you to what you're looking for. We can't get close to God by doing things and, like, being a good person, checking boxes off, proving to him that we love him and that we're, like, really serious about a relationship with him. And then because of that, he's like, all right, I'll give it to you. Do you realize the gospel of Jesus today is this? We deserve separation from God. But because of what Jesus did on a cross 2,000 years ago for you and I, when we put our faith in Jesus, He forgives us, he cleanses us, he puts his life inside of us, he literally transforms us, and he brings us into a relationship with God. He fills us with himself. It's kind of sick, right? (laughs) So how everything God is saying, I want to fill you with what you were created for. I want to fill you with my life. I want to make you new. I want to forgive you of your sins. And how do you get it? By trying hard, by being a church person. No, none of that can lead you anywhere. The only way that you could get this is the Bible says, whosoever believes in him. So it's just, it sounds too good to be true. Like we've heard the, the gospel, it means good news. The reason why it's such good news is because I give God my garbage and in return, he gives me his perfection He gives me a new heart. He transforms my life and fills me with the peace and joy and hope and love that I need, that I was created for. So how did I get it? Belief. Trusting him. Saying, Jesus, I'm going to take you at your word. Here's my life. I'm going to trust you for salvation. And if I don't do that, then God loves me. That doesn't change the fact that he loves me, but I'm not able to live in his love. I can't live in his love unless I receive it. So just being spiritual or just believing that God exists, that doesn't mean that you've received the gift of salvation. And the way you get it is not by being a better person. It's by believing. It's by saying, Jesus, I can't save myself, but you said you would save me, forgive me, transform me, and I need that. So here I am. Here, come do it. And so raise your hand if you could say, I've done that, and I'm confident that I've received that new life in Jesus. Just raise your hand real quick. Amazing. So who knows? Just because you've done that, have all of your problems in life been solved? And are you needing nothing, and you've never had a struggle since that day? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. (laughs) Why? Because in the same way that I could leave salvation on the table... And not take the gift that Jesus wants to give me. I could be saved. I could be a child of God. I could be forgiven and given this new life. But I'm still leaving. Jesus comes in. He wants to heal. He wants to set free and bring wholeness to people. But it says because of their unbelief, he couldn't. And so let's just pause for a second. If you're here then and you say, I'm confident, I've put my faith in Jesus, I've put my faith in the gospel, what that means for your life is this. When you open up the Bible, everything that it says, every promise that it has, I could list you some right now where it says, my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You see, and the peace of God will fill and guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Uh, you will have glorious, unexpressible jo- uh, uh, joy. Like, you see all of these things that the Bible says life in Jesus is supposed to look like. And so if you've put your faith in Jesus, when you open the Bible and you see that stuff, literally, this is what God has promised you. What's the, how do I get that promise? Do I get it through becoming a better Christian and just starting to go to church a little bit more or praying a little bit harder? No. No. The same way I couldn't earn my salvation, I can't earn any of the things that I need from God that he's promised he'll give me. You know, on the cross, Jesus says, it is finished. What does that mean? We can't give anything to God. We can't earn anything. And the need for us to have to try to give God our holiness, is, it's over. Like, I can come to God. You know, the Bible says, you pray in Jesus' name. Why? Because if I've put my faith in Jesus, when I come to God, I have the holiness and righteousness of Jesus over my life. And that means every promise of God in his word is mine. So again, you hear that and you're like, okay, so I've put my faith in Jesus. All of those promises, peace, joy, all of that stuff, healing, wholeness, that's mine. But where is it? Why don't I have it? And so this is where... We're really going to begin to drill it in today. The Bible says, Jesus says, according to your faith, it will be with you. You can be born again, but because of the unbelief in your heart and in my heart, missing all of the promises of what God says, I am going to give you and fill you with. You know, God is the constant, He made a promise. He's not shaky. His promise isn't conditional of you need to be. He's saying, in Jesus, it's yours. I've given you all of these promises, all of your needs being met. I'm going to fill you with all of the grace that you need for life. But we're the variable. He's the constant. We're the variable. So he's the one with the outstretched hand already giving us everything through Jesus. We're the ones who don't take it because of what? Unbelief. And so... Let's just look for a second at the people who were from this hometown. So they grew up essentially watching Jesus from a young age. And so growing up, seeing him move, knowing his family, they had a pretty distinct idea in their mind of who they thought he was, right? And so he comes in now performing miracles, doing insane things beyond anything they'd ever seen in their life. And so for a second, they're shocked. But then from there, it says they got offended. And they said, no, 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 no. We can't explain what's happening. Like, yeah, he's healing. We don't know what that is. But we know who this guy really is. Like, we know his family. We knew him from when he was young. We know his siblings. And so what that says is they had this familiarity of a misconception of who they thought Jesus was. And so they wouldn't respond to him based on who he said he was, they had this idea in their mind of who they thought he was and they wouldn't let him be any more than that. Does that make sense? How is that any different than us? When you think of your life, of my life, our experiences, the things that we've been through, the ways that maybe we've tried having a relationship with God in the past and maybe it didn't work out the way that we hoped and so we start creating this idea in our mind of who God is, what he's capable of doing, what a relationship with God really looks like, and in our minds, we're like, I know what that is, and really, it's not enough. It's like, I've tried trusting Jesus before, and what this verse is saying is, we're wrong. It's like, we think that God is a certain way. We think that He can only help us in certain ways, but other things, based on our experiences, it's like, God can help me with this, but he can't help me with that. I've already tried this, and it didn't work. That's no different than these people who, they weren't judging Jesus based on his word. They were judging him based on their experiences. And that's such a dangerous thing for you and I. Like, God is who he says he is. He's not what you've experienced in the past if what you've experienced in the past does not line up with who God says he is and what he says he wants to do in your life then that wasn't the real you you didn't really know him you didn't really see him for who he was i've struggled with this in my life like i grew up i'm a pastor's kid i've grown up in church autopiloting through like hearing a billion sermons from the youngest age. And it's like thinking that I understood certain things that the older I got and the more I had to walk through certain battles, it's like the more God really helped me begin to see I have really no idea what this is. And like I am even putting God in certain boxes that his word pulls him out of, but I'm trying to keep him in those. And so I wanna... Just, so the point of everything I'm saying so far, if it, the Bible says, according to your faith, it will be with you, and Jesus says, or the, the, God says in the Bible, all of these promises, there's a, I say this verse all the time, and people roast me for it, but in 2 Peter, it says, everything needed for godly living has been given to you in union with Jesus Christ. Therefore, make every to these promises he's given, and so you and I today, Every area of our lives that we don't see what God has promised, it's not God, it's our unbelief. That's a humbling thing because a lot of times we feel really sincere, but unfortunately we can be very sincerely wrong and have very sincere blind spots. Like I went, uh, I had uh, at the album recording like two weeks ago Like, my hair's been kind of growing a little bit, and I was wearing a hat earlier in the day, and it kind of got, like, my follicles doing their thing. And so I had this, like, alfalfa thing in the back of my head. And, like, I'm, like, in the front row, and so I'm, like, worshiping and doing all this stuff. And afterwards, my brother-in-law came up to me, and he just showed me a picture of the back of my head. And I was like, oh, sick. (laughs) Like, I thought, like, when the video started, I was like, all right, it's not about how I look, but I look decent. So <laughs> I'm like we're good. Meanwhile, here I am looking like a buffoon. We can have very uh twisted understandings of ourselves, of God. And so what I'm wanting to just start with today is all of the issues of our spiritual lives. Everything that we lack that God has promised, it all can be rooted back to unbelief. That's where the fight is. So it's important that we begin to understand this because when the Bible says we're in the fight of faith, we are in a fight between belief and unbelief in every single area of our lives. Every situation, every challenge, every like core issue of our identity, of whatever, it all comes back to I'm either gonna believe God or I'm gonna think he's lying and essentially believe Satan. So this is the battle we're in. It's important we realize that because if you don't know where the fight is, you're gonna lose every time. And so recently I was talking with a friend and uh, we were just talking and he said, bro, I just keep like crashing. I keep finding myself like God's done all this stuff in my life, but I keep on waking up and all of a sudden I'm just feeling horrible. And I'm being tempted to go back to some of the things that I would medicate my despair with in the past growing up. And he says, I don't know what to do. He's like, I'm praying, like, God, help me to feel different. Like, I can't handle feeling this way anymore. And so we begin to talk. And this is really where God began to help me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is how this works. We begin to talk. And so we were like, well, what are you thinking? Like, when you find yourself beginning to crash, like, what's been going through your mind lately? And at first, like, he didn't really want to talk about it. He's like, no, nah, I do But he's like, oh, but actually, uh, you know, I just kind of feel like I'm a, a piece of garbage and, like, I'm worthless. Um, I feel like I see what's happening with my family and things are all, like, spinning out. And I'm just like, is God going to even do anything? I look at uh, my struggles and I'm like, am I ever even going to be able to overcome this? And so all of these thoughts start Like, compiling in his mind. And then before you know it, like, is it surprising? Like, your heart's filled with despair. You have no joy, no peace. Why? You know, the Bible says, you harvest what you plant. Where their thoughts of belief. The Bible says, he keeps in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed on him. The Bible says, the peace of God will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. And so when I begin to see my mind going in different directions, like this is the reality. Belief, when you have thoughts that are of faith, when you're operating from belief in what Jesus says, you can't have anything other than peace, hope, joy, and love fill your heart. The fruit of the spirit is what? Peace, hope, joy, self-control, all of these things. I'm sorry, every time I preach, my wife is always like, stop hitting your peas so hard. I'm always like, I'm really trying to stop. I don't know how. That's just uh, how my lips move. But um, the, the fruit of thoughts of faith, the fruit of belief is godly emotions. The fruit of thoughts that are not of faith, what do you expect to feel when you're holding on to lies that are not of faith in your mind. If it's not of faith, what else could it produce other than anxiety, despair, hopelessness, fear, frustration? The what you reap is what what you harvest is what you plant. And so we were talking and I was like, so you're essentially saying, God, help me to feel different, but God, you're you're pretty much asking him for the seeds that you're planting in your mind to produce a different fruit. You're, you're sowing unbelief in your mind and you're saying, God, let that produce peace in my heart. I said, do you not realize that your feelings are the direct overflow of what your mind believes in and trusts in and what your eyes are fixed on? That's why the Bible says, we walk by faith, not by sight, right? Why? Because what I look at I was looking up like a definition for belief and I've, there's a, a couple different de- definitions, but one of the ones I really like is it's, what, it's, it's the way you think. It's what you think. And in a way, it's like what your mind is fixed on is what you believe. And so I've like told this, I had this guy, uh, he's here today. We were talking a little bit earlier. We were talking about this stuff and I thought that this was a good idea and afterwards I was like, yeah, I don't actually know if that was a good idea, but I showed him, A picture of this like beautiful Norwegian like valley with all these clouds and whatever, and uh, I was like, "How do you feel looking at that?" And uh, he was like, "That's beautiful, bro." And then I ended up googling a picture of like these like uh, like toes with like toenail fungus, (laughs) nasty pictures, and that was the first thing that came up. And I just clicked it, and he didn't know it was coming. And I just turned around the computer, and I'm like, "How do you feel now?" He was like, he's like, dang, bro, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't know. That was kind of weird. <laughs> but the point of it was, at one hand, he's looking at something beautiful, and what does he feel in that moment? Peace, serenity, right? But then the moment you look at something nasty and grotesque, the feelings that began to fill him it was like, bah. And can I tell you, that is how our emotions work as believers. When our Minds are fixed on what is true, then the only thing that can produce inside of us is the peace of God and hope and joy. Anything else, our, our feelings can actually be a really good thermometer for where our faith is at sometimes. Because when I feel like I'm starting to spin out and my emotions are going crazy and I'm starting to get anxiety or a lot of frustration, I instantly in that moment can tell myself, wait, I'm not seeing something clearly about what God says over my life because there's no way I could be walking by what God says and not have. Do you realize God in Christ, there is the most security, hope, peace. Like our lives are in him. He has committed himself to us and he's given us promises that when we're living by that, like how is Paul? He was in a prison, right? He was like malnourished and he was filled with joy, How can you have a joy and a peace that is the opposite of the circumstances around you, what you think that should produce? It's because when we're walking with Jesus and our eyes are fixed on him and what he says, then we're filled with hope and peace and we have everything we need. And so, again, talking to my friend, we just began to say, so how can God help you feel different if you're not willing to square up to the lies that you believe in your mind? unbelief, you are cutting yourself off from the grace and the peace of God, but you're just going to keep on holding on to those lies and saying, God, help me. Come on, do something here. We've got to realize God has already given the peace that you need. God has already given the joy and the help that you need. He doesn't withhold it. So if I don't have it, it's not him. It's me. That's so helpful because when we begin to struggle, it shifts it to say, okay, wait a second. Something's off here in me, and God, you're going to help me show me what it is so we could deal with this. Like, I don't have to just keep on waiting, hoping one of these days God is going to help me. He's already helped me, and he's saying now I need to trust him in what he said. There's a verse. Can you throw up the one from Philippians real quick? It says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Oh, come on, guys. Is that it? Oh, that is it. I guess that was my fault. I think I only gave him that. Okay, but that's perfect. That's actually all I needed. I'm, I'm remembering why I only did that one verse right now. Okay, so here we go. Fix your thoughts on what? What is true? Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So here then comes the question how do you and I know what's true? The reason why we believe certain things is because we think it's true. To, to begin to get real with it, talking to a friend, if he has some horrible sense of self where he just feels like worthless and like garbage, right? Obviously, he believes that's true. He feels like that's true. So how is he going to know otherwise? What, what can we look to to help us see what really is true because we're being commanded in this. What we think about, whether we're thinking about the truth or a lie, determines whether we're walking in belief or unbelief. And so can we put up the next verse really quick? In 2 Timothy, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. And teaches us to do what's right. And you could just stop it there. And so how beautiful is this? We believe that we've been given the word of God. The Bible is God speaking to us with application to every single area of our life. Every struggle. Every battle. Like this verse is saying, it's inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what's true. To make us realize what's wrong in our lives. And so... Here's the reality. My feelings can be so skewed. Things can feel so true about who I am, who God is, who, how people really are, how the world around me works, what hope I have for my future. But I need to challenge you guys with this today. Your feelings are lying to you if they're not in line with what God says is true. And as long as you allow your life to be unexamined and you're just walking by what you feel, you know, the Bible says that there is an enemy named Satan. And the Bible calls him the accuser. He's in the business of trying to get you to believe stuff that's true about yourself and about God that are lies. And in our lives, in a lot of ways, he's winning right now. In a lot of ways, you know what's crazy? And this is what is so horrible. Like through our lives, the things that we go through, call it the trauma that we may experience, the battles we face from a young age. Do you realize that Satan jumps on each opportunity that he has to fill your mind with lies based on what you've gone through in your life. The valleys and the battles you've had to walk through, Satan comes and instantly just presents something to you of this is who you really are. This is what you're really worth. That's who God really is. You can't really trust him. This is the hope that you have for your life and your future. You're never going to have peace. You don't deserve whatever, And the crazy thing is he brings that to us and we just say, that's true. We just bury it inside of our hearts. And then those lies that we believe cut up that sets us free. You know, the Bible says that the truth will set you free. So where we're stuck today, where we're like in chains and we're Christians, God's done so much in our life, but for whatever reason, I'm still stuck in this certain area. Why can't I break through from this? Can I tell you today, there is a lie that you believe about yourself, about God. There's something that's blocking you from the grace that he's already given you through Jesus. This is the battle that you and I are in today. We have on one hand lies that we believe are truth. And the only way we could be set free is if we turn from the lie to the truth. But then comes the challenge. Do you even know what the truth is? How can you trust what you don't know? It's like I'm going through something. Uh, well, God is just good, and uh, God help me because you're good. Can I tell you, that's not standing on the word of God. For every single battle of my life and your life, in the word of God, he's already spoken the thing that he wants us to trust, to turn from, from the lies that we hold to in our hearts. But if I don't know that God's word, it's like I can't, the only way you can fight unbelief is with the truth of God. If you don't know the truth of God, you are a sucker against unbelief. There's no hope for you. There's no hope against the lies unless you can point yourself to the truth. And so I'm going to begin to wrap up in a sec. Um, Thank you guys for bearing with me tonight. But so to begin to close, who remembers Jesus in the desert, right? He's beginning to be tempted by Satan himself. And who remembers what he did? every single time that Satan came and began to start pointing him to lies. He says, it is written. Jesus himself teaches us the way we begin to battle unbelief in our life. He said, I'm not gonna just call a lie a lie. I have to take the lie and point it to what's true. So Satan, and it's interesting, each thing that Satan came to him with, he had a different verse. He had a different truth that he already knew from God's word that he fought with. The Bible talks about how we're in like spiritual warfare and there's an enemy who's coming. The Bible says he has fiery arrows that he's shooting at us. Why are they fiery? Because once they pierce us, if we allow them to stay there, the fire begins to consume us. Do you realize that's what happens with our thought lives? Satan comes, he brings a lie, he shoots it at us and it hits us and we're like, ah! but we look at it and we're like, yeah, I'll just leave you right there. And then what happens next? The piercing turns into a fire that's consuming us. And we are filled with despair, anger, hopelessness, frustration. And Jesus says, you have to fight this fight. What are two of the weapons that Jesus says in the armor of God that we're supposed to fight with tonight? Number one, we have the shield of faith. What do I do when fiery arrows are being shot at me and accusations and lies from the pit of hell are being thrown at me. I have to stand with, wait, nope, I'm trusting God. This is what God said. But even more than that, the Bible says you have the sword of the spirit, which the Bible says is the word of God. So the Bible says you fight with God's word. You can't be victorious without God's word. It's the only way you could turn a lie into the truth. And so I'm going to close in a sec. I know I already said that. I can only say that one more time. I say it like three times per sermon. Um, But I want to just take the two applications of this now. So number one, just think of our day-to-day life. Think when, uh, to go back to my friend, right, who he was saying, it's this and that, and this is how I feel, and this is my future, and I just don't know, I don't see God, and whatever. And what we ended up talking about was, do you not see that in each of those situations, there was two ways of looking at it? You either could walk by sight or you could have walked by faith. Clearly you walked by sight, and that's why you were losing the battle. You were walking by what you felt. You were walking by what you thought. You maybe weren't even realizing that you were just eating whatever Satan was trying to feed you. And here you are now, this thing's eating you alive. But in each of those moments, do you not realize the Bible has an entirely different way of looking at that particular issue? You walked by sight, but Jesus says, here's what's true, and I want you to keep your eyes fixed on what I say. What is belief, ultimately? There's one last verse we're going to put up. Um, it says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And so what that's saying is this. Any thought that comes that's not in line with what that thought Last verse in Philippians says, what's true based on God's word, what's praiseworthy, right, all of the things in line with the mind of Christ. There's zero tolerance in our minds for any thought that Jesus disagrees with. And what does that say? We take captive every single thought that is not in line with what Jesus agrees with, and we point it to what Jesus says is true. And so what does walking by faith look like practically in our lives In a day, you and I are encountered with a thousand different fork in the road thought opportunities, right? Here's something that comes up with a person who they are disrespecting me and I have the opportunity, the, the fork in the road right now of either feel like, oh, I'm not strong and I'm worthless and I need to assert my strength and get angry or whatever, or I can walk by what Jesus says and walk in peace and have his eyes for this situation. Here's this fork in the road. What am I going to do? To walk by faith is to go by God's word and to keep my eyes fixed on what he says. The alternative, obviously, is just to do what's natural. In a day, we're encountered with so many situations that I'm either trusting in what God says or I'm going the other way. It's a battle because each time, no matter how much I've trusted God in the past, the battles keep on coming and I have to keep on trusting God. It doesn't matter if I've seen victory in the past, Satan keep lies. But what we have to realize today is we have to fight with truth. So when you begin to see your emotions getting out of whack, when you begin to see things start going crazy and you feel yourself, and you know what the crazy thing is too? When we Uh, sometimes it feels really good to wallow in the lies. Like when you have like a horrible sense of self, like my friend was just like, I'm worthless. In a sick way, it actually feels good to sit in that and be like, yeah, it's true. Because our flesh wants to do everything but trust what God says. That's what comes natural to us. And so in moments, you and I find ourselves where it's like, I know this is wrong. I know I'm looking at this the wrong way, and it feels good. And I kind of want to keep looking at it this way because, in some weird way, it's like making me feel good. But I realize in this moment, I have to turn to what God says is true. Our first instinct in the battle has to be what do I know about what God says? And if I don't have anything that I know that He said over this thing, I need to get in His word and hear what He says over this situation. Because, again, otherwise, I can't fight. I can only fight the lie with the truth. We need to be people where our first instinct in every battle is, if faith is what gets me through, and faith is holding on to what God has said, I need to know what God has said. Right? You guys awake? Amen. Thank you. Um, so that's the first thing we have to recognize in our lives. We're in this daily battle, and if we don't realize that's where the battle is, we are going to continue to lose. But this is the last thing, and if you want to even just begin to play. So the final thought I want to leave you guys with tonight is that's the day-to-day kind of like momentary battles, taking thoughts captive, anything that's not in line with the mind of Christ, turning it, making obedient by God's spirit who's within me. He can help me to turn and say, nope, this is what's true. I'm keeping my eyes fixed on it. But often there are the lies that fill our heart much deeper below the surface. That maybe in a day-to-day flow of things, we don't even realize how deep those lies really sit in our hearts. Um, I, I want to just share really quick, I, and this is uh, obviously pretty intense, but I had a friend um, a while ago who we were talking and he pretty much confessed uh, that he, when he was young, um, experienced just a horrible kind of abuse and so as we began talking, um, he just began to say, like, I've just been so unsettled in my life. Like, I have no, like, I know God's real. He's done so much for me, but I have no peace. And, like, you see it in this, his life back then. It was like you just see this constant, like, churning and turmoil. And as we began talking, what we kind of stumbled on was, like I said earlier, Satan jumps on any opportunity he can to try to fill our heads with lies about who we are, who God is. And so in his mind, he was like, oh no, I trust God, I trust God. But when we really began to talk, it was like, okay, but do you? That's something a lot of us don't want to have to own up to, because especially when we've seen God do a lot in our lives, we don't want to have to own that maybe in certain ways we actually don't trust him and we don't believe what he says is true. But that's the, the case for all of us. In each of our hearts, there's belief and there's unbelief. And thank God we serve a God who is so merciful and patient and gracious that he just walks with us. He, it takes maybe some time. It's like, I'm holding on to this lie. And, and when I'm holding on to a lie, essentially what I'm saying to God is, You're lying. And so, God, in the middle of me walking with this lie, he still is with me, he still loves me. I'm calling him a liar. But he still is like, I love you and I'm here and I'm gonna give you as much as you trust me for. But we began to talk and he began to just realize, oh my gosh, like based on what happened to me when I was young, whatever, like I have all of these, like I really believe that I am worthless or I'm not, uh, or that God really isn't even that good or whatever, fill in the blank. And so what we begin to talk about from there is, it's a beautiful thing to begin to recognize the lies that fill our hearts because the moment we see what the lie is, we can begin to turn to the truth and experience freedom that transforms us and changes everything in our lives. And so what did he have to do in that moment? It's like, all right, here's what I essentially am beginning to see. I really believe that, uh, God, what you say about me isn't true in this way. What you say about yourself isn't true in this way. Can I tell you one last thing, actually, before I can make this final point? On one hand, God is so patient with us, but on the other hand, you and I, when we think thoughts that are the opposite of what Jesus says is true about him, especially about ourselves, like Jesus didn't die on the cross for a piece of garbage. Like, you have no right to think about yourself any other way than what Jesus says is true about you. Who you are is not how you feel. It's not how things have played out. It's not the mistakes that you've made. It's not what people have said about you. You are who Jesus says you are. The God of the universe has spoken truth over your life. And he's saying, you will walk with me when you trust what I say about who you are and about who I am. And so... Yeah, like when we begin to see these lies that it's like we get along with God, we begin to see, oh my gosh, I've been blocking my heart from you. Like you've been wanting to fill me with all of these things, but I've been keeping you at a distance because in the end of the day, I believe this is true instead of what you say. What we can do in this moment, the Bible says, anything that's not of faith is sin. So if I'm not believing what God says, it's sin. But the beautiful thing about sin is, we can repent and receive the grace of God to help us not walk in it anymore. So where we see unbelief in our life, you have to take the lie and call it out for what it is. And then you have to point your heart to the truth and say, Jesus, I'm trusting in this now. And then from there, what do you do? You just begin to walk in it. And then you go back to, well, here's just another day and now I'm under assault again and there's all of these different things coming at me and thoughts and things from my past that are making me begin to take my eyes off of what Jesus says is true. And guess what? We take every thought captive. You begin to walk in faith. Look at the lies in your life. See what Jesus says is true in his word and then you begin to walk towards it. Anything else that comes that's not in line with that, you take it, you point it right back to what Jesus says is true. Maybe there's a day that comes and you really start detouring and you really took your eyes off Jesus and what he says is true. The moment you realize it, set your eyes back on what Jesus says is true. Continue to walk towards him. And as you do that, the truth will set you free. You will see the blessing and the grace of God fill your life. This is a real, in my life, I've tasted and seen that so many times, like areas where I was stuck and God helped me realize I was living for a lie and then I pointed back to the truth and then that led to just like heaven opening up in my life. It's like if you have like a dam, right, that is holding back massive body of water, right? Like if you put a, a dam on a waterfall, it's like the ground after a while becomes so dry, right? And in our hearts, a lot of us, we have been cut off from the grace of God over certain areas of our life for so long that there is just this like brittleness to our spirit where it's like I've not been watered by the love and the grace of God because I haven't been trusting him for this certain thing and now I've just been stuck for so long. The beautiful thing tonight is own the lie, turn to the truth and that dam is lifted and all of that water comes rushing in and like floods our hearts and we begin to be filled with the love, the joy, the peace, the grace of God. Who wants that today? I'm like preaching to myself right now because I'm like, I need this. I need this in my life. And so all of that being said, we're gonna wrap up right now if the worship team can come up. This is one of those messages that maybe in your heart, you already know what the lie is and what the truth is. Or maybe you just see in certain areas of your life, you're stuck, you're in the same cycle over and over again, nothing's changing, you're trying to fight, but you just lose every time and you're beginning to see, well, I've been, look- I've been fighting in the wrong place. The fight is actually that I just have unexaminedly taken in all of these lies and I'm just saying, yeah, that is what it is. And God, please help me, but I'm actually not gonna believe what you say about who you are. Tonight, in a moment, you and I can own that and say, Lord, open my eyes. Help me to see what the lie is. Speak to me through your word. Show me what is true. And as we do that, what do we do? We repent. We turn to what God says. And there's going to be freedom. And that's, this is how we fight the fight of faith, guys. And so we're going to begin to sing right now. They're actually like two old hymns. And they're just the chorus of uh, these beautiful songs that have been sung in the church for hundreds of years. But um, it's just two songs about trusting God. Tonight, I pray that what this has done is it's given you hope for your situation, that God is not holding out on you. God is not waiting for you to do something for him so that he could give you what you need. He's giving it to you already. And he's saying the lies of your heart that you hold on to, this is what, it's like, I'll be honest with you guys. For me, for so long, I was using God for what I thought life was really, like, about. Whereas, like, this is what a successful life really is. And this is what will bring peace and hope and joy. It's like, I need to have this kind of, I need people to look at me this way. I need to have this kind of, like, social thing. I need to be having this kind of success and whatever. And then my relationship with God was, like, I would just do things for him so that he would just, like, bless my plans and give me what I really thought I needed. And God let me just go through this thing of like running into the walls, staying stuck over and over. And he helped me begin to see, it's like I've been living for this lie that my life is found in the world and in what people can give me and in whatever. And it's a lie because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can only have life through me. And if you're using me to get what you want, you'll never have me. But when you turn to me, you'll have all of me. Like God began to open my eyes to that. And I just said, God, I've been living for this lie. Like, Jesus, I turn to you. Like, I want to know you. I want to walk with you, and I want you to be everything. And it's like God did it, and God literally transformed my life. So that was one area of one time of my life. It might be similar for you. It might be something completely different. The beautiful thing is God is going to lead you to see whatever that is. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes and figure it out on yourself and put the clues together. You could just say, God, I need you. Here I am. I have blind spots, but you're the one who helps me to see. Open my eyes to what the lies are and help me to see what your truth is. And Jesus, I'm gonna live by your truth. I'm gonna fix my eyes on it and begin to walk by it. We're gonna begin to sing right now. You guys can stay seated seated if you want and just listen and even pray and just let God begin to search your heart. But they're gonna sing this hymn over us right now. Jesus, we turn our eyes to you tonight, Lord. We recognize and we believe that all that we need is in you and you have already given it to us, Jesus. We thank you, God, that you have committed yourself to us, to lead us, to speak to us, and open our eyes to the lies, God, that we believe. Thank you for your mercy, God, and your grace. How patient you are with us, Lord. You're so faithful. I just pray over each person here today, God. We want to be a people who walk in your freedom and walk in all of the life that you died on the cross for us to live in. We thank you, God, that this is not self-help and positive thinking, but that when we trust in you, we taste and see your goodness in our lives. And so, God, I pray that for areas, Lord, where people uh, have been struggling, where they feel stuck, where the lie just controls their hearts, God, help them to see that your love wants to set them free, God that you want to speak truth over their lives, Jesus. You want them to walk with you. And your word says that when we live in you, Lord, rivers of living water overflow from our life. We don't need anything when we're walking in what you, you have for us, God. We want our needs to be met by you. We want to be made whole by you, God. In all of the battles, God, that are to come, that we're currently fighting and that are to come, Lord, tonight, this week, you will help us now to fight more than ever before, God. Not just by trying to shut up lies, but by pointing to truth, God. Give us a hunger to know what your word says for our lives. Help us to realize, God, that it's when we trust in what you say that, God, we walk in peace, in victory. God, when we begin to feel our hearts going crazy this week and going in different directions, Lord, Let us get alone with you and speak to us. Show us in your word what you're calling us to trust in, Lord. We thank you, God. All you ask for is for us to have childlike faith, that we don't have to do anything that come to you, trusting you, needing you, and that, Lord, you do the rest for us. We love you, Lord, and we believe tonight, God, that we're going to see your grace fill our lives, and we're going to walk in more victory this week, God, than what we've walked in in the past. We love you so much. We thank you for everything you've done, being here with us tonight, speaking to us. We pray that you'll bless the rest of our night, God, as we hang out, help every single person here to get home safe. And God, every single person here that knows you, let them be encouraged tonight, God. Speak to them. Every single person here who doesn't know you, who senses you speaking to their heart, and in their hearts, God, they know that there's truth in what's being said. Lord, lead them from here. Show them how simple it is that trusting you in the gospel is what sets us free, is how we become your children, is how you fill us with all of yourself. So, God, we pray even tonight, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you and is not born again, that, God, they would put their faith in you and you would transform their lives tonight. In Jesus' name, we ask all of these things. Amen. Amen. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. To connect with us, visit our ministry page at brooklyntabernacle.org, or you can follow us on our Instagram at SanctusNYC.